2: Hello and welcome to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. I'm Brian Weber alongside Cordell Stewart. On today's podcast, we're going to focus on Andrew Luck being placed on injured reserve with injury analyst Will Carroll and provide your fantasy fix with Holden Kushner.
1: And Brian, we're going to kick off the podcast today with Chad Pennington, the former quarterback, now a part of the NFL legends community.
2: Chad, thanks so much for taking the time. How are you?
3: Absolutely, guys. Thank you. Doing well.
2: Terrific. We're really happy that you had a couple minutes to join us on the program. And let's start with your old team, even though the Jets now have lost three consecutive games. Have they exceeded your expectations after all the talk about the possibility of tanking?
3: Well, I think from a fan perspective, uh, even though they are three and five, I think you have to like what you're seeing uh, on the field as far as the product. I think it's a team that plays extremely hard. And they're actually playing good football offensively. They're versatile. They're getting the ball to a lot of different playmakers. Uh, defensively, they've had some uh, really good uh, performances. And so even though the, right now the record is 3-5, and five, I certainly think from a fan's perspective, it's it, at least a product that you can watch and enjoy watching. And you can see that the staff has done a really good job in working with this team.
1: Chad, glad to have you on, my friend. Uh, talk some quarterback talk. Uh, let's just say the second-best quarterback to come through the Jets behind Joe Namath, one of the best red zone quarterbacks to play the game. I loved it. Um, wish you could have played longer, but you know how that goes. Uh, let's talk about quarterbacks and, and the Seattle and take it on Washington. What did you take away from, from Russell Wilson's incredible game uh, he had against the Texans?
3: Well, I think what's great about Russell Wilson and what I love about his play in this league is that it certainly shows that there is no cookie-cutter approach to determining who your quarterback will be or can be for your organization. And that's what's unique about our position, is that there are so many intangibles that are involved in how you lead men and how you go about uh, helping run your ball club. And that's what's great about watching Russell be so effective. And then... And then I think he doesn't get uh, enough credit. He's starting to now, but I certainly don't think he gets enough credit as far as his passing skills and what he's able to do with the football and how he passes the football. And In our league, you have to be extraordinary in passing and understanding accuracy and timing and how to get the ball up and down into a pocket or a hole and things like that. And so it just it just goes well beyond... What a guy does at a combine, or what his numbers say, it's an art. It's not a science, it's certainly an art. And uh, Russell Wilson is the epitome of that.
2: Chad Pennington is our guest on the NFL on Tune In Chad since unfortunately, you dealt with serious shoulder injuries. What do you make of the Colts placing Andrew Luck on IR and shutting him down for the rest of the season?
3: Well, I certainly think it's a smart decision. Um, you know I felt like after my first shoulder surgery, that I probably came back too fast. Uh, Being a competitor, you want to be out on the field with your teammates. But at the same time, um, I I came back too fast. And I think that lent itself to my second injury that happened eight months later, which then caused me issues, obviously, throughout my whole career. So I don't disagree with the decision at all. And I'm glad that the Colts, as well as Andrew, they're trying to be as smart as they can about this, understanding that there's longevity here that they're trying to preserve and trying to make the best decision possible, not only for – Uh, the team, but most importantly for him uh, as an individual.
1: The Chiefs are taking on the Cowboys this week. Uh, How impressed have you been of Alex Smith's uh, and his improvement this season?
3: Well, I'm a huge Alex Smith fan, and the reason that I am is uh, to watch how he's handled his entire career and and knowing uh, all of the grief and struggle that he faced when he was in San Francisco being a 21-year-old and having the franchise dumped on you and uh, then being able to uh, rebound and handle it uh, the way he has handled it. And, he, you know, he's been called the typical game manager, and everybody thinks that's such a bad word, but as quarterbacks, that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, but now it's nice to see how he's more than that, and he has shown that he's more than that, and that uh, with the right playmakers in place, he's able to push the ball down the field and play at a high, high level. And so I'm a huge fan of his, and I think he plays the quarterback position the way it should be played. and Really, to watch this Chiefs offense, uh, it's really exciting. I think Andy Reid, even though he's a West Coast guy, he's done some really phenomenal things just in the creativity of what he's done with the playmakers that he has and how he's been able to uh, involve all of those guys, whether it be tight ends, running backs, wide receivers, you name it. He's got them all involved, and its it's really fun. It's fun football to watch right now.
2: Taking you around the league with Chad Pennington, part of the NFL Legends community. Chad, you finished your career in Miami. Do you have a handle on this team? They've had some impressive wins, but they've been shut out twice as they get ready to take on the Raiders on Sunday night.
3: Well, you know, when you lose your starting quarterback uh, in preseason, and then you uh, you know, have to deal with that and see where they are and, and even having a chance to compete and being at 4-3, and three, I think it's remarkable. Uh, and I think that they have a young coach in Adam Gates that – Uh, He's brilliant, uh, and he understands players, but he's also, he knows how to draw the hard line as well, and I think players respect that, and so it'll be interesting to see how they respond the second half of the season, um, dealing with some of the changes that have been made, as well as injuries and things like that, but uh, I'm sure it can be frustrating when you play well, and all of a sudden, you know, throw just two bombs in there where you don't play well at all, but that's just that consistency factor that you're trying to find as a team. and. Uh, I hope that they'll be able to find that.
1: Unfortunately for Carson Palmer, the, the Cardinals are moving on without him. He had a phenomenal career, uh, but do you think he's going to try to come back after breaking his arm?
3: It'll be interesting to see. You know, I think that's such an individual decision, and you've got to be able to uh, look at that and, and see you know, where your passion lies. And you know, my hope, that being being a former player now too, and, and seeing how guys handle their transition from the game your biggest hope and prayer is for when these guys leave that um, the game of football is only what they did, it's not who they are. And as long as they're able to make that separation, then they can make a good uh, decision and, and take the emotion out of it and make the decision of what's best for him. But if he still has it is to play and he still wants to be involved, uh, Cordell, you know as well as I do, there's nothing that, is, uh, that fills that void that football leaves. And uh, you want to be able to leave when you feel is the right time for you. So it'll certainly be interesting to see what he decides to do. Yeah.
2: We have a great relationship with the NFL legends community and really enjoy these weekly conversations. What does being an NFL legends community director mean to you?
3: Well, it it means serving the brotherhood and I just really enjoy, you know, serving our NFL brothers and trying to inform them, get them the resources that they need to make a a, a successful transition. I think, one of the biggest things that we take for granted are all the great intangible qualities that the game of football has given us uh, to make make a successful off the field and into the next chapter of our lives. And it's just great to be able to work with your, your NFL brothers and help them make that realization and then make that transition and be just as successful off the field as they were on the field.
2: Finally, Chet, as Cordell mentioned, and it's intended to be a compliment, I grew up a Jet fan. We know the Jets have had some issues under center. We contend you're the second best quarterback in the history of the franchise after Joe Namath. What do you think?
3: I'll take it. Uh, you know, Joe Willie <laughs> really has that Super Bowl ring and I, I wish I had one too. But I will certainly take it and, and you know, I enjoy enjoyed playing here with the Jets and I'm actually up in New York right now doing some fan engagement stuff with the Jets and some media stuff right now and uh it was just over at the complex while ago, but uh you know what i've really been impressed with how josh mccown has handled this situation this year i think he's brought a stabilizing force to the organization with all the changes and things that went on uh in the offseason he has played extremely well and and really playing some good football under center so that's always nice i think as quarterbacks we root for those guys we know how hard it is to get up under center and to handle all the things you've got to handle it's not an easy task and when you see guys being able to do that successfully it uh, makes you feel good so I'm proud of what he's been able to do for the Jets and I certainly enjoyed my career and time here in New York.
1: Chad you know when playing a game it's already humbling and playing a quarterback position you can double the humble serum so to speak in the sense because you sometimes get too much of the blame and get too much of the praise but when you get coupled in the same conversation as Joe Namath, uh, by anyone, and that when it comes down to being an organization as a QB, uh, that that's somewhat of a, a good company to be with, isn't it?
3: Well, there's no question about it, and uh, you know I've always enjoyed my relationship with Joe. And uh, I remember, I remember my first interaction with Joe. If you ever seen Joe's uh, autograph, it is perfect. cursive. you can read every letter. And we were doing an autograph sign when I was a rookie, and my autograph was just terribly sloppy. And he looked over at me and said, "Hey, Rook, if you're going to sign it, they need to read it." And right then and there, I changed my autograph, and that's why mine is a little bit neater, and thanks to Joe Willie on that one.
2: (laughs) Always great to following the instructions that come from a football immortal. Chad, we appreciate the insights. Thanks so much for joining us today on the NFL on
0: TuneIn. Okay, thank you, guys. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more
2: after this. When it comes to a beer brewed to handle a Sunday full of touchdowns and St. Pump returns, and I can't believe he caught that, look for the light beer that's always brewed with more taste with only 96 calories, Miller Lite, the original light beer, to be enjoyed from pregame to postgame. It's been a part of the game since it first showed up on the sidelines back in 1975. So when you reach for a light beer this game day, grab the one that won't fill you up and never compromises on taste. That is Miller Light.
0: Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart.
2: Next up on NFL No Huddle, the podcast, we're joined by the injury expert, Will Carroll. Well, thanks for taking the time. Let's get your general reaction to the news from Indy that the Colts are shutting down Andrew Luck for the rest of the year.
4: Yeah, a little bit of a surprise in the timing of it, but you know, they've waited, they've waited, they've talked to all the doctors. Uh Andrew and the team have come to the decision and he's just not going to play. Now, hearing from Ballard saying this really doesn't change anything, I, I don't want anybody misconstrue what I'm about to say and say that I'm, I'm saying he's lying. I'm just saying this absolutely does change things. Uh, he's not going to play. He's going to be off the field for essentially a year and a half. That, that's going to have an effect on you. We don't know what the situation, why did he not be able to come back. Why is there uh, swelling and stiffness in the back of the shoulder? Um, did something go wrong? Uh, did it not go wrong? Or is it just not at a point? Why is this taking longer? And what's the next step? Yeah, they're saying he's going to continue his rehab in a couple of places. That's a weird statement. Uh, they're saying there's no surgery planned, but obviously that's you know, the, really the worst case because there's just nobody that's come back from a second labrum surgery. Uh, so you know, this is going to be an interesting one. And, and the problem is we just don't have enough information. They're not giving us enough, which gives us this wide range of possibility. It, I think I said it last week. From the time this happened, we knew it was going to be, it's possible he could play tomorrow or he could never play again. Well, I can tell you now he's not going to play this season. They've at least limited it now. But I don't know if he's going to be ready for training camp. I don't know if he's going to be ready for week one of next year. And I don't know that he's ever going to play again. So we still have that wide, wide range of uh, things, which means the crazy speculation. Did he get hurt in a snowboarding accident? Did his sister's brother's cousin run into him in an Uber? Uh, There's all these crazy rumors around Indianapolis. And I just wish they'd lay it down say, here's what happened, here's what's going on, here's where we are, the same way we see some teams like Kansas City. It, doesn't, it certainly doesn't put the Chiefs at, at a, a disadvantage. The other thing uh, with this is with the Colts, they have been the single worst team over the last decade in terms of preventing uh, and maintaining injuries. Single worst. If you're the single worst at anything, I don't care what it is, you better change that about your team. Uh, this isn't one bad year. This isn't, no pun intended, uh, bad luck. This is a decade of being the worst at something. If they don't take a hard look and replace some people, they're doing the team and the fans a disservice.
1: Well, when you look at Chris Hogan, he was becoming one of the targets uh, for Tom Brady, that was that was really good. He and Brandon Cooks were coming on yeah. well uh, for him, but he ended up getting a shoulder injury, and they're saying they're not requiring any surgery. Uh, how severe is it, is it? and uh, when do you think you'll end up seeing him back on the field?
4: Yeah, it's going to be tough because he's going to have to have some form uh, and fashion uh, of, of function in it. He's going to have to be able to reach up. He's going to ha- have to be able to... Uh, you know, go up for the ball, to pull it down, and to hold on to it. So this isn't going to be something that's quick, um, but it, it is going to be a question of how long is it going to take before it, becomes, it comes back. Obviously not having surgery uh, is certainly a positive, but beyond that, uh, you know, it can be a very wide range. I don't think it's going to be that long. Uh, first question is function. Uh, second question is going to be pain. And, and usually, uh, as you well know, Cordell, the football players are willing to play with an, an incredible amount of pain.
2: Injury analyst, Will Carroll is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Will, let's go back to Sunday in New Orleans. What happened to Zach Miller of the Bears, and uh, how scary was that entire situation?
4: Very. Uh, you know, He very literally could have died there on the field. Uh, you've got to give every piece of credit to the Chicago Bears medical staff uh, and to the New Orleans Saints medical staff because you know you, you hope it never happens, but you have a plan of action. You know where the EMF is. You know where the card is. You know, everything that would happen if this kind of injury, of a spinal injury, if any sort of, of terrible thing happens on the field. And that came off pretty much flawlessly as far as I could tell. Here's what happened. His, his knee dislocated, uh, gruesome. You saw it bend in a way it's just not supposed to bend. And when that happened, you worry about everything inside, specifically nerves and blood vessels because they're going to get stretched and in some cases, pinched or torn. Now, we saw this with Teddy Bridgewater. They had to treat it as if something had happened to the blood vessels or or the nerves, and luckily for him, neither happened. Uh, If you go beyond that, uh, with Zach Miller, the popliteal artery, which runs down the back of the knee uh, and feeds both the lower leg and the foot, that tore. They said it looked shredded. So they had to go in there, uh, basically make sure he didn't bleed out uh, so that was the first concern, making sure that Zach Miller doesn't die on the field. Um, and they, uh, people I've talked to said they saw signs immediately there was internal bleeding. So they rushed him to the hospital, they got everything done, and they had to harvest an artery and put it in place. Now, I, I can't even sew up socks. These guys are sewing arteries back on. Um, and he has a, a four- to six-inch portion behind the knee where on either side, they basically you know, fixed a pipe. And now they have to wait for it to heal. And because you know, if it doesn't heal perfectly, he, he's going to lose that leg. Uh, they're going to do everything they can to make sure he doesn't move. Uh, yeah, they put him in an external fixator, which is kind of like two halos screwed into the bone above and below the knee. Uh, it, it's brutal. So I hope he's got some good books or a Netflix subscription because uh, Zach's not going anywhere for a while. But he has his life. He has his leg. And he does have a real shot at coming back and playing football if he wishes to do so.
1: Speaking of playing football, D'Angelo Hall, he's been around for some time. He's had multiple injuries yeah. throughout his career. Uh, but the most, I think, toughest one, or maybe the the most scariest one he's had to deal with as of lately is tearing the interior cruciate ligament in his right knee. Um, how far is yeah. he away from playing, or is he playing with it? Uh,
4: yeah, you know, uh now that it's, it's repaired, uh, he, sh- he should be able to come back. You know, ACLs are one of those things where uh, they're almost routine at this point. I hate to say it, but we've got a lot of practice with them. We know how to fix them. We know how to get people back from them. And you know, really, in the space of about six to nine months, people come back. You think about Wes Welker. Uh, you think about Adrian Peterson. These guys come back relatively quickly. The confidence takes a little while longer to really understand and feel that knee is back to 100%, but it actually – really medically you're you're as good as new at six months there's actually some new techniques uh, if you don't have a complete rupture of the ligament uh there's a thing called internal brace which we're seeing on on thumbs on uh, tommy john uh elbow injuries but we're seeing it on acls and ankles as well uh there was a college player last year who came back from a partial acl tear in about six weeks uh that's pretty extreme but it shows you there are some really, pos- really crazy possibilities uh, in the not so distant future. Uh, you know, imagine an ACL tear where you can return in season.
2: We live in very interesting times. He is Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber chatting with our injury analyst, Will Carroll. Will, last one for me. We've had a lot of conversation about Sam Bradford and his persistent knee issues. At this stage, is it just a matter of rest, healing on his own? No. I know the Vikings have a lot of question marks. What clarity can you give us?
4: Unfortunately, not much. This is a maintenance issue. You know, he does activities. He puts weight on that knee. It moves around and it grinds because there's just not the cushion. Imagine having a car and everything's fine with the car, except it's got bad tires and a bad suspension. You can drive that car, uh, but you're not going to enjoy the experience. Uh, You're going to get banged around. uh, That tire's going to get worse. Every time he does pretty much anything, that knee swells up. So practice, the knee swells up. Uh, Things are grinding bone-on-bone in there. They haven't found a way to maintain it, and they may not be able to. That's a great medical staff up there. If they haven't figured it out by now, they're probably running out of ideas, and this is the unfortunate thing. You know, it used to be that we would take meniscuses out of, you know, you tore the meniscus, you take it out. Big deal. Um, But now we realize that meniscus is in there for a reason, and you get that bone-on-bone uh, same sort of thing with Dwayne Wade. He goes through about four hours of physical activity each, each day uh, just so he can play on, on a back-to-back level. So it's uh, pretty crazy. Uh, so Bradford, uh, they might find something and get, and get a maintenance program, but uh, it, it doesn't look good right now.
2: Well, great information as always. Thanks for joining us once more this week here on the NFL on TuneIn.
4: Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate
0: it. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. Experience the excitement of the NFL as it happens with NFL First and
2: Goal, exclusively on TuneIn Premium. Touchdown! From week one to week seventeen, jump in and out of the action every Sunday with Nick Ferguson and me taking you from game to game. We'll a lot home calls as teams are threatening to score. Take
0: it to block. Brady tosses touchdown.
2: Hear every big play. Here, every game-winning drop
0: it is a touchdown.
2: Catch NFL first and goal every Sunday starting at 1 Eastern, only on TuneIn Premium. Upgrade today.
0: This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart.
2: This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Now it's time for the Fantasy Fix with Holden Kushner of TuneIn
0: Sports. Fantasy football has become a major reality for millions of fans.
1: Them off to the He's gone! He's gone! What
0: a move! It takes skill to win your fantasy championship, separating the zeros. He goes to the near side, and it's picked off! Intercepted! From the fantasy heroes. Down the middle, it's caught over the shoulder in the end zone. Buckle up your chin strap for the Fantasy Fantasy Fix.
2: Always a pleasure to talk fantasy football with our good friend Holden Kushner of TuneIn Sports. Holden, I'm reminded of Richard Sherman's observation about fantasy football, saying effectively that Many fantasy football players view actual NFL players as commodities when they go down with injuries. So I feel dirty framing the question this way, but obviously we're all reacting to the breaking news of Deshaun Watson going down. So what's the fantasy implication for receivers like DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller now playing with Tom Savage?
5: Well, first of all, don't you think real NFL owners often feel that way, too? I mean, you don't think Bob McNair thinks that his major commodity has gone down? I don't think it's just fantasy owners. I think that there's, you know, it's business when it comes down to it. I don't know what his relationship was with Deshaun, but I think really that's just the business world, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I understand, and that's why I asked the question, but, you know, timing is everything in life.
5: All right, beautiful. So let's do this. Uh, You you downgrade Hopkins a little bit. He's still a back-end wide receiver. One, you downgrade Fuller a little bit and now he's a three it's just it's i mean it, hopkins was the number two wide receiver in fantasy so he's not going to be there anymore you, you knock him down about 10 spots you may have to knock fuller down 10 spots as well it's a it's pretty it's pretty damning to a lot of teams
1: holding you mentioned relationships uh, russell wilson and doug uh doug baldwin has had a good one over some years but has paul richardson caught him um as the number one receiver on this team
5: No, he hasn't caught him as the number one receiver on the team. But he is on the field a lot. He is getting a lot of targets. Um, You know, last week was the breakthrough right there. Six catches, 105, and two touchdowns. But let's also remember that, you know, he had only had one game with more than three receptions before this one. And he still hasn't got double-digit targets. So it's not even close. Doug Baldwin, still the number one. But Richardson is getting looks in the red zone, in the red area, as many would say. So there you go.
2: Fancy fix with one of the best in the business, Holden Kushner. Holden, looking at the injury report last week heading into the Chargers matchup on the road in New England. Melvin Gordon listed with the foot issue. Well, he looked very healthy sprinting down the sideline for that long touchdown. Chargers on a bye. Do you think that buys them enough time for now Gordon to be as effective as he was to start the season when the Chargers resumed their schedule?
5: I mean, he's a top five back in my book and boy, did he look good on that uh, breakaway last week. And he finally got tracked down at the five-yard line, just pushed from behind into the end zone. This guy has been an absolute stud this year. I mean, he's not – if you look at the numbers, he's not the greatest running back in the world. Um, he, he is – he's averaging – What is, is he even averaging a little over three yards uh, per carry at this point? But – is uh he he does have breakaway speed and I like the fact that he's so productive out of the backfield he just gets tons of volume and that's what we want to see yes Melvin Gordon's gonna be fine he's a top five the rest of the way
1: when it comes to attention on the Carolina Panthers offense Calvin Benjamin obviously was he's no longer there do you think it's time now that Christian McCaffrey has that breakthrough time in this season or was the hype too much for him coming into this league
5: I think he's a terrific receiving back. He actually, he actually had a couple nice chip blocks last week, too. I like what he's, he's coming along in the blocking game. He's not a running back. He's not going to go through the tackles. He's more of a receiver at this point in time in his career. I like Devin Funches to get some more looks. Um, I think Russell Shepard is going to get some more looks, too. Samuel will get some more looks. But I think McCaffrey is going to probably get targeted a little bit more with Benjamin being gone. He's Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber talking
2: fantasy with Holden Kushner. Undeniably, Marshawn Lynch has been a huge bust coming out of retirement to play for the Raiders. He's had a week now to ponder things, maybe get healthier because of the suspension. What's the fantasy analysis of Lynch heading into Sunday Night Football between
5: Oakland and Miami? I mean, first of all, if there's one one unit on the Miami defense that's been decent, I think it's their run defense. The second thing would be, I I didn't have any shares of him going into the season and I don't I have him on no teams. I think he's a, a deep league starter at best. He's not someone I would even have in my starting lineups this week. I'm just waiting for Dwayne Washington and uh and, and Richard to get their chances because I think those two young guys can do everything that Lynch does, at least from a fantasy perspective. Lynch is obviously really violent and Uh, They like having him in there, but from a fantasy standpoint, I'd rather see Washington and Richard get the looks.
1: In Miami, how big of a difference in value in players there uh, is it with Jay Cutler starting as opposed to Matt Moore?
5: You know, Jay Cutler, it sounded like the offense was humming under Jay Cutler. Matt Moore, the the offense just looks so gross. What was that, a Thursday night game the last time we saw him? I I personally do not see much of a difference there. Maybe Cutler can get the ball down the field a little bit more, but – Uh, I think there's a nice floor from Jarvis Landry no matter what because he's going to see the ball. We'll see what happens with the running game. I think the running game just got worse um, without Jay Ajayi, so maybe they'll be throwing the ball a lot more. It's a a big question mark in Miami. I I see them playing from behind a lot, and I think Parker and Landry will be fine, but if it's Cutler or more, to me, it really doesn't matter.
2: Fantasy owners often chase points into Monday Night Football, so looking ahead to Detroit on the road to Green Bay, would you start any Lions receivers in that game?
5: Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones actually having uh, a couple of nice weeks. This is a terrific, a terrific matchup for him. And he's had six catches each of the last three weeks. His yardage has gone from 54 to 96 to 128. Marvin Jones is a stud. I like him, and he had big games against them last year. He went for 205 and two touchdowns in the game at Green Bay. So I think Marvin Jones is a play. Golden Tate's a guy you play too. I would like to see them establish the run once in a while, though. That would be nice. Uh, Amir Abdullah says give him the ball. Uh, He could be an every down back. We'll see if his body can hang up. But I'd like to see them try and run the ball a little bit more.
1: Speaking of Bags holding, in the event he's still available, is Alex Collins of the Ravens a guy you pick up off the Raven wire?
5: Yes, absolutely. I mean, if you ask me my choice between Marshawn Lynch and Alex Collins at this point, I'm going with Alex Collins. I mean, at least there's some upside there. He showed he could catch the ball. He had a little explosiveness. I'm still not sold on the Ravens' backfield. They're having trouble running. It is a timeshare, but I think that there's more opportunity for uh, for Alex Collins to have some big games as opposed to where Lynch is. So, yeah, that's that's where I am with him right now.
2: Talking fantasy football with Holden Kushner. Just three late games coming up on Sunday. Among them, divisional matchup, Arizona-San Francisco. Cardinals moving forward without Carson Palmer, Drew Stanton. Do you think that they're going to give it to Adrian Peterson? Much more moving forward just to minimize Stanton's role in the offense?
5: I mean, I'll say this much, they have the best matchup there is. And if Peterson doesn't bust out again against uh, San Francisco, I'm a little bit concerned. He had that great first week with Arizona, but they're the worst. The uh, San Francisco is the worst against the run in the National Football League. Uh, the game plan should be to give it to him a whole bunch and hope that it works out there. I think Andre Ellington is another guy too, at least in the passing game, that they, uh, they don't sleep on Ellington as well if he's – if he gets uh, to a point to where he's healthy on a consistent basis. So yeah, the running game this week for Arizona should be uh, the part of that offense you're targeting.
1: This is something we haven't talked about in Jacksonville for a long time. They're running the football extremely well. Mm-hmm. Let's start with Leonard Fournette. Uh, will he be back to his top value or you still, or are there still concerns uh, right now about his ankle?
5: It's the ankle. He practiced fully yesterday and he got some time off. My, my concern is, is this thing going to bother him? Chronically, because he had some issues with the foot back in college too. But no, he's he's right there. He's got a nice matchup here, middle of the road against Cincinnati. Guy has scored in every game but one. That was in the Jets game. Uh, He's catching passes out of the the backfield. Um, Leonard Fournette is a stud, and he's another guy that's probably a top four. Uh, running back so yeah i'm all for leonard Fournette, especially this week
2: finally we've all been enjoying your spot promoting the tb12 audiobook in heavy uh-huh. rotation yes. on this program yes have you been dabbling in brady's unique diet
5: uh you know i only eat bananas and i stay away from tomatoes so yeah i mean i'm all, all about the tb12 uh diet right there yes why do you
1: stay away from tomatoes because tom brady understand.
5: does my wife told me tom brady does inflammatory cordell inflammatory Yeah, very inflammatory don't really? eat, uh, yeah, don't eat tomatoes. No fruits except for bananas, which was a miss. I, I thought bananas oh. were bad for you. He says they're good for inflammation.
1: Oh, yeah, oh. I won't be having any tomatoes on my hamburger anymore. No, I highly <laughs> I
6: recommend
5: going to be a dry hamburger there, Holden. Yeah, we're not trying to be quarterbacks anymore, buddy.
1: <laughs> Trust me, being a quarterback sometimes can help you and even sometimes hurt you at the same what? time because not having tomatoes on my sandwich or my burger is a problem. I'm Would trying. you have
5: done the TB12 diet when you were playing? If Tom Brady said, here, Cordell, try this.
1: um, If I was, you know, t- nowadays, guys are really into their bodies. I think just people in general, they're more health conscious than ever. Um, maybe way back when, because, you know, when you're out there playing, holding honestly as an athlete in your time and even in our time, we were young. We took that stuff for granted for the most part. I think Tom Brady has has started something uh, that that deserves an opportunity to be talked about, especially for the younger players to determine their longevity in the game. So if he could do it at 40 to where he may want to do it till he's at least 42, 43, and that helps – I mean, I think I may have tried it way back when, you know, if 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 it was something that was a big deal like it is now. Of course, you know, it's trendy. We are a trendy group of people here in America.
5: How about you, Brian? I mean, mm. you know, it can really huh. help your mental fitness for I mean, yeah. are doing radio shows. Yeah. So I highly recommend you do the TB12. What was it again? <laughs> you read that spot a thousand times. TB12 audio I read it dude, and they did some editing. So, oh, the <laughs> TB12 audiobook. Right. Available on TuneIn. Please, Brian. It's available on Please answer that question. I oh, you want me to answer the question? Now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stay off the onions and the uh, maybe I think you know what you might be able to eat onions. Stay away from plums. Are oh, we doing Bill
2: Raftery? Onions. Yes, my onions! body is a temple. Oh, it's a gosh. temple yes. of doom. Here's the issue, Cordell can attest to. I tried to get yeah. off Diet Coke. Diet Coke is yeah. my oh. foundation when it comes to caffeine. I know yeah. carbonation's not good. <sighs> we had a lousy week in April, and Cordell said. Yeah, this was last year. You got to go back into Diet Coke, pal. I need you that energized. So. Oh, seriously! Oh, it got bad. Yeah, I couldn't even talk. I was having a and rough he week. He went to
1: this so-called doctor that told him to stay off of him, and, and he started going downward. It started going downhill as far as his energy was concerned.
0: Yep. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, I was
1: like, "Hey, man, we need the old guy back. Bring him back." You, you know, he ended a- up bringing two six packs inside the studios, uh, drinking the Diet Coke, and he, he, you know, he just he just took off from there. Well,
2: then you, you know, know, I would give Tune in a kidney just to have the opportunity to work with Cordell.
1: Sounds to me like you guys need to try the TB12 method audiobook on TuneIn. He needs a tomato.
0: Cordell's
2: going to make an avocado smoothie right now. we got to take a break. Holden, great information
0: as always. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Especially about the fruit. Bye, guys. Bye. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this.
6: Hi, this is Ned Coletti from MLB on TuneIn, inviting you to check out my new audiobook, The Big Chair, today on TuneIn Premium. The day Frank McCourt made me the 10th general manager in the long, proud history of the Los Angeles Dodgers, November 15th, 2005, was monumental for the Coletti family. I've been blessed to spend the last 35 years in Major League Baseball, all with iconic franchises, the Cubs, the Giants, and the Dodgers, where I was a general manager for nine seasons. In the Big Chair, I let listeners in on the intricacies of being an executive and a GM of a major sports franchise, share the process behind the trades, free agency and the deals shedding some light on how the money and decision making really works I'll also take you deep inside some of the thought process behind some of the major decisions led to success and titles along with heartbreak and failure if you're a baseball fan, come for the inside and grit. If you're a sports fan, stay for the heart. Catch every exciting chapter of my new audiobook, The Big Chair, today on TuneIn Premium. Upgrade today.
0: Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we continue on NFL No Huddle, the podcast, let's dive deeper into Thursday
2: night football between the Bills and the Jets as we spotlight our original team player, Jets running back
0: Bilal Powell. It's NFL No Huddle, spotlighting the stars of the game who played their hearts out for one team their entire career. It's the original team player presented by Miller Lite. Cordell, Bilal Powell has spent his entire
2: career with the Jets. Fourth-round pick out of Louisville in 2011. Low center of gravity. He's than 5'10". That could be generous. Take me back to your playing days. When you were a quarterback, did you like giving the football to a power back? I'm not comparing him, say, to Jerome Bettis, but a lot of running backs who aren't that big have had a lot of success in the NFL.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it made life... A little bit easier when you gave it to a, a back, and my back um, that I spent the most time with throughout my career there in Pittsburgh uh, was with Jerome Bettis. I had a little Chris Fumatu Malafala, and I had famous Amos and Amos Zaraway coming out of West Virginia. I uh, came into Pittsburgh and was a was a, a a short guy, compact. That was a real compact short guy that that played like he was every bit a six seven or six eight because he was fast. He ran hard. He ran tough. Chris Fumatu Mafala ran over people, sometimes hurt himself when running the football. And we know Jerome Bettis, the bus, I mean, the Hall of Famer who was pretty darn remarkable uh, when it came down to representing that city extremely well, still is. And uh, it was always a gift to be able to handle football uh, off to J- Jerome and also Amos and also Chris Fumatu Mafala.
2: We are focusing on the Jets' ground game. Bilal Powell, today's original team player, presented by Miller Lite. Cordell, let me take you back to Sunday's matchup in a driving rainstorm. Jets lost to the Falcons, even though New York had an early lead. Matt Forte, post-game critical of the play calling, said, this team needs to run the ball more and he wants to see that happen now. Given the limitations of Josh McCown, should the Jets be run first tonight with fellas like Forte and Powell against an improved Buffalo defense?
1: Yeah, I mean, you should. I mean, there was one breakout game uh, we saw this 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 team have, and also, I'm talking about the Jets, and also ran the ball extremely well uh, when you talk about Powell. Um, he ended up putting up 163 yards against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Week Four, so it's in there. It's in the mix uh, to be able to to be able to pull out uh, out of the hat a trick or two uh, to be able to go out and, 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 and fool someone if they commit themselves to it because they did it against a very good Jacksonville Jaguars team uh, and end up beating them in overtime, by the way, 23 to 20. Uh, so yes, I think you need to give a heavy dose of the running game. Force that 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 defense that's very stingy when it comes down to uh, allowing points, uh, getting yards, uh, one that's uh, in, in engaged and happy to be able to take the football away. That's either through fumbles or whether it's through interceptions, and also being able to take it back to the house. So I think to minimize that, to suppress that energy, I think it's it's good to be able to get it done between the tackles and force the issue uh, when it's all said and done, and and make sure you give Josh McCown an opportunity to be productive, which he has been since he's been a starter on this football team. He's been out, I won't say lights out, but I think the things they've asked him to do, considering we we all threw in the T word for this football team, he's been pretty efficient, completing 70% of his passes, throwing 12 touchdowns, seven INTs. No one anticipated this much of production from him, uh, but no one else on this roster could have played this well. And um, I think right now, if they can run the football, this can be a team that can scare many more teams in that division or even throughout the National Football League, similar to what they did to what we saw against the New England Patriots, uh, what we did see against Jacksonville and a Miami team, who are two contending teams in their division, one who went to the playoffs last year in the Miami Dolphins uh, and also against the Atlanta Falcons, as I mentioned. So it's, it's one of those cases where if they commit to it, they can be successful, control the tempo, control the energy, energy of this game, don't allow this defense that's a feast or famine defense led by Coach Frazier to really get comfortable and dial in on you know, having a, a bullseye on the ball, so to speak. Uh, I think this team can can actually make some noise. But we'll talk about what the prediction is of this football game as we move forward into the show. But if they run the football between the tackles with four uh, – Leonard, not Leonard Fournette, With Forte and also with Powell, I think this team might have an opportunity to be in the game a little bit longer. And guess what? In the latter part of the game, you never know what can happen if you have an opportunity to kick it between the uprights and maybe win the game. Let's see if they can hold on as long as they can and make it happen. So that's the blueprint.
2: Could be a big night for Jet running back Bilal Powell, our original team player presented by Miller Lite. Let's wrap it up with a hard-hitting question. You're the only Cordell... I've ever met because you're one of a kind. Have you ever met a Bilal?
1: I've never met a Bilal. Pow. It's not like something they do on, you know. You know, it's all in it's all in fun. Sure, okay. Yeah. So don't don't want no one listening take this personal. But Batman, boom, bow, bing, blah, bow. <laughs> I mean, doesn't it sound like that? <laughs> you realize you, know, you remember back in the day with oh, Batman yeah, yeah. and Robin when they would punch and all of a sudden Bam. you see the effect from the, the, the hit. Yep. You have it in the bubble, the bubble little deal up there, and they have funny words that come through. Holy holy Batman. You know, he's kind of dealing. Boom, pow, bing, blau, pow, bam. I mean, that's what it sounds like. Go ahead.
2: I'm because sorry. I speak I a quickly. I a Do you Go realize ahead. how much I've had to slow down to say blau, pow, and then I had Louisville in there too. <laughs> blau, pow,
1: coming from Louisville. Uh, that, that, yeah, that's a lot. I'm only I'm sure he'd probably get people asking him, you know, who came up with the creative idea to call him blau. You know, it's like blau, pow, blah pow. Just, I mean, it literally sounded like blau, pow. You know, it's not like you hit someone on a cartoon or two. Go ahead, I'm sorry, I'll no. have it again. I'm having another moment. I'm having fun with it, but yeah, give him the football. Yes. Give him a
2: chance. Give him the rock because you rock don't want do to make does. Josh McCown the difference maker tonight. Establish the run, work clock, keep Tyrod Taylor, Shady McCoy off the field. That's why we decided to focus on Jets running back Bilal Powell. Today's original team player presented by Miller Lite.
0: This original team player segment has been presented by Miller Lite, the original light beer, Miller Lite, hold true. NFL No Huddle will be back right after this. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. When it comes to a
2: beer brewed to handle a Sunday full of touchdowns and St. Pum returns, and I can't believe he caught that. Look for the light beer that's always brewed with more taste with only 96 calories, Miller Lite, the original light beer, to be enjoyed from pregame to postgame. It's been a part of the game since it first showed up on the sidelines back in 1975. So when you reach for a light beer this game day, grab the one that won't fill you up and never compromises on taste. That is Miller Lite.
0: This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart.
2: As we close out NFL No Huddle, the podcast, it's time for Cordell and I to tell you what we are more than sure is going to happen on Thursday Night Football.
0: It takes a unique ability to navigate the topsy-turvy National Football League. Drop down, get your eagle on on this one. A special vision to find clarity in an always-changing sport. I was wrong. Brian and Cordell aren't just sure about their perspectives. They are more than sure. I'm more than sure.
2: All right, let's shake it up, because if we're just talking about our normal analysis of category by category, it's going to be advantage Buffalo across the board. And if you've been tracking these teams, they're moving in different directions. Promising start for the Jets. Now they've hit the wall. They've lost three straight. Buffalo coming alive. They've won four out of five, picking up Kelvin Benjamin prior to the deadline on Tuesday. Cordell, let's frame it this way. What would the Jets need to do to win tonight other than Buffalo turning it over a myriad of times?
1: I tell you that that, that's one of them, uh, to be honest. Uh, This team has shockingly, uh, let's say, been in a few games this year um, playing some good football but yet can't finish. Uh, Went overtime against Jacksonville, gave New England a scare, played tough against the Miami Dolphins, gave Atlanta a scare, uh, I think they also, after losing 21-12 to in Week 1 against the Buffalo Bills, I think that team has improved ever since. Uh, but honestly, when it's all said and done in the end, uh, you look at Calvin Benjamin, who's been in addition to this thing, uh, you see this defense, Coach Frazier's defense, being one of the top defenses in the game when it comes to takeaways. I think they're, what, plus 14 in the takeaway margin? Uh, they're, they're phenomenal. And in that offense, Shady McCord is coming along, along with seeing Tyrod Taylor being efficient the way he's been. Uh, again, and then you add Calvin Benjamin to the mix now in the red zone to where all you do is just throw it up in the air, let him make a play. Um, I think that team will be too much for the Jets, even though the Jets are playing at home. Um, I like Buffalo in this game, playing really good, playing solid, keeping the momentum going for sure. But I'm going to tell you, I think the Jets are going to play him hard. And give them a good scare, but I think the Buffaloes do prevail in the end. Final score
2: with a minute left. To quote, you take your time. You can be expanded. Take
1: my time? Because of the capabilities of this offense scoring, defense getting points as well. I give the defense, uh, I give the defense seven points in this game. I give the offense another 14. So i go something like a 20, 24, 24, 10. I say the, the Buffalo Bills beat the New York game green jack.
2: Week one, as you alluded to, in Western New York, Bills won that game 21-12, trying to sweep the season series tonight. They'll get it done, and they're going to have a lopsided victory. Final score, 31-14, and if that's the case, occasionally I'm right on this show, occasionally. Buffalo's going to be 6-2, and two, and then Cordell, the talking point tomorrow in addition to all of our comprehensive previews of what's coming up on Sunday will be this. With six wins, are the Bills on their way to the postseason?
0: Thank you for listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast on iTunes with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Listen live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern by downloading the TuneIn app and searching NFL No Huddle. The National Football League is on. TuneIn, your everything audio app.